ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Hey everybody, it's a very, very special day. I'm honored to be sitting down with your eight-time national champion, Chad Weenan. Wow, I never, in all the years in my life, I've been around a long time, Chad, thought that we would have this day. You tied the record, and you have the potential to beat it. Uh, thank you, Leonard. Uh, it's great to be on the show, and um, man, uh, it's just one of those things that you know, I never ever set out a goal to ever like to be able to achieve something like this and to be among the great of Gary Denton. And, uh, uh, man, it's, it's been cool and I'm honored to, uh, be in that category with him. And man, it's, uh, it's one of those things that, you know, you just, you're along for the ride and I'm, I'm almost like I'm never quite satisfied. I always want to try and keep going for more. And, uh, I feel like I still have some, some good laps left in me. So we're going to keep going. Well, Let's get right to it. Gary Denton retired when he's 38. You are 37. I'm 36. 36. 36. Okay. Yep. You got two, three, maybe four more years to go, bud. <laughs> I've been hearing that. But, man, um, like I said after the last round, I'm like, man, like I'm so tired right now. And uh, it's, it's good, to be, good to be completed for the season. And try to rest up and recoup and, you know, try to really dig in as being a dad. And, uh, I had a big, new baby girl this winter and, um, I'm really excited to, uh, really spend a lot of time with her and, and do all that. That's awesome. Congratulations. Um, I, I love, I love the little ones. I have six grandkids and, and, um, I never get to spend enough time with them. So I get it as being a dad. I, I totally get it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's a great time, and um, it, it's awesome to be able to share these moments with them, and uh, you know, along for the ride with us, they're, they're there every single round, and it the good days and the bad, you know, they're always there, and um, you know, I just I love the uh, love being able to spend these cherished times with them. I want to ask you a question. What do you think the key to your consistency is 
over the last five, six, seven years? Oh, man. Um, I think the key to all that is the, the, like, the defeats of breaking down and pushing your machine too hard and just not being able to tell when is a good time to go and when's a good time to chill out and, you know, accept, accept those days that you're, you're the second place guy or the days that you got to turn it up and go be the, the fastest guy and win. And, um, it's just, I'm able to play those scenarios out in my head as I'm racing and I'm able to, I feel like I'm able to just, uh, kind of like chess play this game and um, be able to really play them all out and do what I have to do when I have to do it and pick the situations where I want to push it and where I want to chill out. And um, it took me several years to figure that out, a couple injuries and, um, you know, just having the right people in the right places that will give you the opportunity to do that where like Yamaha has built like such a great machine that I, have a hundred percent confidence in that it's going to get me across the finish line every time. So like the program that I have set in place, like I have a hundred percent confidence that we're going to be there every single time. And we have the capability of, of winning a lot of races. You do it, it, the consistency. When you look across the board, you know, n- nothing less than a second all year long. It, when you race against a man of your caliber, not only does the other team have to throw perfect darts, but it makes you keep throwing perfect darts. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, just like, I feel like I'm never on that edge of like out of control. I feel like I always have like a very good control of the machine. And, you know, it all comes down to like our testing that we put in in the off season and even during season, if things aren't working right, we have the capabilities to, to fix things and get it to where I want it, where I'm comfortable. And when you're comfortable on the machine, like you can work some magic. And, uh, I really was able to find that, you know, mid season on, and I was able to make clear when they put me in a great position to win the space championship. That's awesome. Let's go back to round one Uh, in Daytona. Mm -hmm. The season started out pretty good for you. Yeah, like honestly, I was the second fastest guy. Uh, Joel, man, he was on. He was on the gas. Like I was very surprised by the way that he came out swinging. Not because of like his motivation, but by like the, the time on the machine that he had. He didn't have a, you know, a long. Uh, like he hasn't been on the machine for. He was on the machine less than a year, and he came out and did that. And you know, he definitely he pushed him. He pushed himself to you know, making a big mistake with another rider and that gave me the win and a, a huge like points deficit, right? Or not deficit, but gain right away. And, um, you know, it was just one of those things where, uh, I know that Daytona is one of those races that y- you can like get snake bit real easy, easily there for how short the lap times are and you get into lap traffic and also, like, it's not our normal thing that we do. It's not a big, wide motocross track that we're used to being on. And, um, you know, I always try to uh, manage my race well there, where I don't take myself out and put myself into a big hole right away. Well, that seems like, it seems like the year started out 
and, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. I've watched from a distance and, and I'm getting everything secondhand through the computer. It seems like you manage the race, race after race after race, and you let him make mistakes. So you just kept on your path. Yeah, I mean, like honestly, he came. Joel came with some fire, like the first three rounds, and he won every single moto. And I was trying to put out that fire during that, and I finally got like a setup that I was a hundred percent, you know, comfortable on. Uh, actually, at round, I think it was in Georgia we had a, a whole shot that Joel and I came together and I ended up spinning out and uh, miraculously like going down the track backwards and one of those crazy wild moments, I ended up tipping the machine over, starting second to last and making a charge that whole moto and getting up and attempting a pass on Jeffrey Rastrelli for second on the last turn of the race. And, um, from there on, I was able to find like the speed and the and the consistency that I really needed to put forth like this good championship effort because in that round, I was in the championship already, so I couldn't just go out and play the consistency card. I had to go out and like hang it out sometimes and win win some races, and you know, it was just one of those deals that I knew like. In the position when my back was against the wall, I responded, and I responded in a big, in a big way where, like, I feel like it was a, a had-to-win situations. At any point, were you threatened during the year? Oh, yeah. Really correct. Absolutely. Um, like, after that four, after Georgia, I was, I was, I was a point, I was a point, I was in second place, so. And the next round, I went 1-1, so I got, you know, six points back. And the following round, Joel won both of those motos, so I was back down a point again. And then I won at Unadilla by 1-1, and Joel had a, had a crash that he had in his own, that he threw it away in the mud, and I was able to uh, gain a lot of points there. But winning at Unadilla is... It's not my strong, strong track, and I, I feel like that was my strongest race of the year, like where I came out and I was able to, you know, put down like faster lap times, which was uncommon for me for me there. <coughs> but you know, um, <clears throat> then leaving there with a nice points gap. Going to Red Bud and winning both motos there, it just set me into the right, into the perfect scenario to go out and win the same pair. I didn't have as much pressure on my back, and I won the first moto at Reddit's, and then Joel won. And then the last round, I put in good efforts to try and win, but Joel was able to <coughs> just hang it out a little bit more on me, and I, I had something to lose there. Which you know, Joel was had all the gain, and I just know, like in that in that situation, just bring it home, and um, I was very fortunate to have a great day at uh, at the final round and bring home my eighth championship. That's that's pretty incredible. Um, I, I was just thinking when I know you can't get in Joel's head, 
But when you went one one in red, bud, do you think that broke him a little? Uh, I really think it broke him when I went one one at Unadilla because that was let's let's say we, we look at the calendar. That was a stop that he probably had circled on his on his to win list, uh-huh. and when I went both motos there and. Next, we had Redbud. Like, it was going to be so difficult for him to try and beat me at Redbud, where I was able to, you know, uh, pass him both motos and ultimately, you know, win both motos as well. I don't, I know that you were talking about changing your setup and getting more comfortable as the year went on. Do you think that he lost his setup? Is why uh, he changed? Um, I, I wouldn't. I honestly don't know, but I know that I gained. I gained a lot. Where I like honestly, I was testing at the races. You know, where I was trying stuff at the practice track and then trying it at the races. Where you know, I was to find it the first you know couple rounds and then once i found it i was like i felt like i could win at any certain point where i think the biggest thing i just found like trash into the ground and also like predictability and like something that we've been you know trying to find for you know a couple of months there so it was, it was very uh very good that we found that Got a frog in your throat, huh? Yeah, like this weekend, um, you know, just having kids and they, uh, <laughs> it gave me, uh, like, honestly, I didn't have a voice all weekend, so it was um, <laughs> very hard for me to talk and, you know, have stuff to stand on the podium and, you know, kind of like when I, when you approached me, I was like, man, I need a couple of days to try and get my voice back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was actually... I knew what was going on, but I had gotten hired to work in Georgia. So I was in Georgia uh, putting the machine together, and I was actually thumbing through Instagram uh, Sunday morning when I seen it, and I was like, I missed this? Really? You know, I couldn't believe that I missed it. And, and, and I was uh, pretty excited. I, I'm a fan of racing, so, and I'm also a fan of the older guy. No offense, Joel, or to anybody that's listening to Joel fan. I'm, I'm not. I'm not against him in any way. He's going to have his day. When you get past a certain age, and you're still strong, and you're still competitive, and you're still, I believe, at the top of your game, um, it's pretty amazing. And and I know that in the beginning of our conversation, you said you were tired. Like I expect that. Okay, that's a stressful job. You are 36 years old. Um, you, you have to be smarter. Um, but I'm serious. I don't think you're done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, honestly, you know, I just remember, you know, when I was teammates with Doug Gust and he's in his 40s and he's still one of the strongest guys out there, threat, threats for winning anytime he's on the track. And, you know, that's, that's really cool. And, 
you know, I, I, <coughs> I can like relate to that now where, you know, honestly, if I was a fan, I'd probably get sick of me being around at times because, you know, being able to go on like a very strong streak and winning championships. But like, honestly, like I have respect for like anyone that throws a leg over one of these machines and can go the speed that we go. And it's it's one of those things where you know you gotta you gotta love it to really take it to this level. You know, I was looking at some of the, the photos and things, and I was noticing that some of the young guys at some of the races were getting closer to you two. Um, what do you think of some of the younger competitors? You know, Lindquist, Ford. You know, these guys are these guys are on fire. Yeah, I mean, we need them so bad because, you know, to make this, like, super interesting for the fan and for the unquestioned of what's going to happen every single round, like, we need to have those guys come in and mix it up with us and, you know, make it super unpredictable where you're going to gain some more fan followings and, you know, people are going to really, like, be into it because we need to have, like, four or five guys have a bunch of the win races. So they're bringing their games. They, they really, the biggest thing that they need to find is being able to run that pace the whole time where like Joel and I are able to <coughs> put forth like an effort to push through the whole time. And um, it just takes time, obviously, and uh, the hard work and effort. And But uh, we got a great, great group of, you know, guys battling for that third place spot. Like, if you could cut out Joe and I, man, it would be just an incredible championship to, to really be a, be a part of and see. Yeah, I don't see you guys stepping down anytime soon, but <laughs> I, 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 I agree. Sometimes being a fan, you're watching third place more than you're watching first and second um, because you never know who's going to end up on the podium with you. No, definitely. And, you know, I kind of, like, Huh, I had somebody talk to me this weekend, and they're like, man, you're like in the Carmichael and Reed and Stewart era, you know, where you you and Joel are just like on that level, and the rest, you know, the rest of the guys are chipping away for that third place spot, and, you know, I feel like, uh, <clears throat> I feel like that gap starting to get smaller and smaller, where these, these guys are going to keep getting taste of that, that front of the pack, and, you know, um, they're going to be there one day. And, you know, we got to be prepared for that day where uh, you're going to have more guys to fight with. And that's going to be, you know, it's going to be exciting all in all. And, um, you know, huge props to them. Uh, like those kids that are under 20, or under, you know, under 20 years old. So, like, it's fun to see, like, you know, they're, I'm 16 years older than Bryce Ford. And then you have, you know, <laughs> Max where he's, he's not even half my age. So. It's it's pretty wild. <laughs> it, it, it is. You could almost be Max's dad. Yeah, I know. It's 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 cool, and you know, it's it's very it's very fun to work with Max. And uh, the kid has a lot of energy, and he's uh let's say he's a lot more mature than what his age says. And you know, that's that's going to take him a long way. And you know, I'm I'm very uh, very excited for what he has in store for his future ahead if he's able to stay healthy and uh, keep the training tracks. 
That's awesome. Hey, we talked the first time that we spoke when you were driving down before before Daytona. How is the how is the diet going? And are you still on the same program, or have you made modifications? Yep, um, I'm still plant based, uh, and man, it's it's been great. And you still learn things like it seems like about every day, just you know when to eat things and when not to eat them, and you know the big thing is you know you know getting your proteins and your carbs and you know getting them at certain times of the day when you really need the fuel and you know trying not to pack on the, the the late night food and stuff like that so it's 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 been great and you know i think it's been a you know turning back the clocks of time for me where i can continue to progress and not be like beating myself into a deep dark hole where i can't recover from that's pretty amazing uh i want can you elaborate a little bit more on some of the points you set for me because there again i have since our conversation no i can't give up my steak and <clears throat> some of my other you know uh, meat that i eat but i have addressed the fact i'm 55 years old tomorrow and i'm eating more plant-based foods but I just can't get away from the, the, the steak and the, and the hamburgers occasionally, you know? I mean, dude, I've been eating them for 55 years. It's kind of hard to walk away, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, just like for me, like doing a lot of research and like with the red meats, uh, you can get a lot of inflammation and, uh, you know, you know, uh, through your arteries and, you know, just getting where you're not pumping your blood uh, efficiently throughout your body. and like um where like for me like i tried it for i tried it for a good solid month i was like all right just just give this thing a go for a month and see how you feel and the efficiency of just being able to wake up every day and just feeling good and not being like beat down too much like uh i can kind of give you a rundown of, like what i what i ate today and um so this morning usually i try to wait till I try to go on like a 12, 12 hour fast at night where, um, let's say I try to stop eating around like seven o'clock and then I try to wait till around like nine o'clock or so, or sometimes even later where like I'm getting a, a good fast where I'm able to burn the, the fuel that I've been able to put in my, put in my system. And then also, uh, started with something strong where like this morning I had like oatmeal, uh, with like, um, a little bit of peanut butter and, uh, some fruit on that and a little bit of yogurt where it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, what kind of, what kind of base is the yogurt? I think it was a oat. No, no, no. It was a, it was an almond, uh, type yogurt, I believe. So like an almond milk? Yep, an almond milk, yogurt, and then um, I use like, uh, um, like a nut-based um, like granola on top of it. And then, you know, just that usually fuels me for a while. And then I'm always good for like having snacks and then like lunch. Um, I like chopped up cucumbers and had like hummus with that and then peppers. And... Um, Actually, I did, a, I did a fun one. So uh, last night we had uh, like a vegan pizza. So I had a slice of that. 
uh, heated that up. And, and then tonight for dinner, uh, my wife, uh, we picked tomatoes out of uh, our neighbor's garden and we made tomato soup for it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's like once my wife is in on it too and, you know, the family can kind of like be strict with that as well. It's super easy. Uh, I think the toughest part is <coughs> like going to like going to restaurants super tough, but like if you go to some places that doesn't have like a vegan option, that's tough. But we 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 spend like a family. We spend a lot of time at home for dinners, and you know we have the kids going to bed earlier at night. So it's uh, just one of those things where you uh, you get in a good routine that way, and then you know getting like my B, B12 supplements and stuff like that where, and then, um, you know, uh, like, a like if I have a really hard day, I'm, I'm taking like a, uh, like a plant-based protein, you know, just a, a quick supplement to, to like, you know, boost it into my system pretty quickly and easy to get it down. But, you know, have you noticed, just, have you noticed muscle recovery improves faster with this diet? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And like, it's within like, let's say like minutes, an hour, like an hour, like in between motos, like once I get off the track, I get some fluids in me and I eat a little something that's like, I'm ready to go like again, like so fast where like, I remember in the past, like sometimes I never would recover, you know, in between motos. So it was like, you're going out there like half fuel and half ready to go. So like now I'm able to go out there and attack every single time. And, you know, it's, uh, it's just one of those things where it works so well for me. It might not be for everybody, but a good little balance, you know, like let's say for you, you know, you're doing adding some plant-based food in there too. Like that's, that's great. You know, like that's uh, stuff that comes out of the ground and it's clean and, you know, that's your body. You know, it, 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 I, I notice a difference in how I feel. Um, I also notice that you instantly start shedding a little bit of weight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's like you're, you, you lean up pretty fast, and you can have a pretty terrible, you know, plant-based diet where you're eating all the empty carbs and stuff like that, but if you're eating the greens and the, you know, all the colorful vegetables that you can eat out there. And like, uh, I mean, and you get a good cook to cook them up for you. That's, that's awesome. And, you know, you're going to have a, you know, you're going to see results of that. Well, my wife's uh, traditional Mexican wife, where she cooks traditional meals and yep. There's no way we're getting away from uh, <laughs> some of the pork stuff, but she's adding more vegetables all the time. So, cause she realizes we're both a little older and we need to get leaner. Um, what is the number one thing for you that would spike your energy back? I mean, like if you were going to eat, if we were going to sit down right now and we needed a boost of energy to maybe go through a workout, what would be your go-to? Yeah. Oh man, like my go-to is like the oatmeal and the, the yogurt and granola. Like that's something that like, it fuels me right away that like the fruit is like a quick, you know, that, that natural sugar is like a quick 
boost of like energy and then like um also like your nuts and stuff like that like that's a a good quick uh, intake you know that you can have and you know like that's and obviously you know getting your water intake you know it's uh your body cannot live very long without water so it's it's got to be the fuel on it and i don't mean to talk about this so much i mean racing is so much more important but this is such a huge part of it do you notice mm-hmm. with that diet that you have to, to be more focused on your fluids um not really actually like i feel like i absorb the fluid better this way where like before and i felt like well let's I, I felt like i had to go you know go to the restroom like every couple minutes you know in the past where i feel like i'm actually absorbing it now okay. a lot better and like for instance like the heat and the heat doesn't bother me as much anymore where the heat used to really get to me and a lot of guys knew that and we go to these hot races now i'm kind of like i'm actually looking forward to going to them because my body is ready for them and it can withstand like the, the suffering of it one last thing on diet and then we'll move on to some cool race story um when you're at the races and you you're, you pretty much take your house with you um it, it's much easier to prepare this style of food uh over your weekend at the racetrack versus some of the old traditional style food yeah i mean it it's like a it, my wife does a lot of meal prep so especially with the kids there like she cannot always be like over top of the stove you know cooking and stuff like that so she does a lot of meal prep which the the vegetables and stuff like that it actually keeps it keeps very well like over a weekend's time you know you're not gonna let it go for two weeks but like over a weekend time like it, it works out very well and um like i I really, I really like it that, you know, she's able to do that where I don't have to like, I can just go in and help myself and whip it up real quick and, and be, and be ready to go. So it's, it's very easy for me that way. It takes pressure off you and her. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, like for riders that are like, I mean, even people like, that are wanting to try it. I mean, I say like, try it for, try it for two weeks and see how you feel. You know, and, um, it's not necessarily like a, I think a big thing, like Leonard, like if you can shy yourself away from the red meat, like say do it once a week or something like that, where easy, easy, easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about baby steps, baby steps, Leonard, baby steps. But like, you're gonna you're gonna live a healthier lifestyle and um, longevity to your life. Yeah, my wife would like this spare tire I carry around in front of me to go away, and I, I, I trust me, I'm trying to get more focused on it for energy purposes because myself, knowing that I am getting older, I need to be out in the shop working, and if I'm tired or run down, um, I, I got to do something different, and I I get it. I, I, I don't want to get it, but I do get it, you know, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to admit that that's the issue right there. Um, so I struggle with it a bit, but I'm, but I'm working on it, you know, yeah, I, I, so. 
I did listen to your converse, our converse first conversation and I took note to it. Um, so I would have to say that that was not the first straw in the, in, in the camel's back breaking, but it was definitely one of the big ones that, wow, if he's going to do it, then, then there's no reason why I shouldn't. <laughs> uh, this, uh, it's, it's not an overnight thing. And, you know, just, just keep plugging away at it and be smart about, you know, what goes in your body. Exactly, exactly. So let's talk about mental race prep. Have you noticed throughout the years that your mind is is changing uh, when it comes to going to the starting line? Um, yeah, I mean, like you try to visualize a lot more things where even the night before you're sitting in bed and you're tossing and turning and, you know, you try to visualize what you're going to do the next day and try to go through like the sequence in your head of, you know, the, I mean, for instance, like hole shots, hole shots are so important for us where, you know, Joel is a strong, strong starter and I need, I'm a bigger guy. I got about 40, 40 pounds on a, on a light day arm and I got to be there starting with them every, every single time that's difficult for me so I got to be super sharp on my starts and my technique and um, I'm going through that mentally you know every single time I go to the track and I go to the gate I'm going through my, my routine and you know it's it's the race is already won before you get there. And if you're going there with a good mental attitude, let's say it's raining outside, like I got to go out there and find the most that I can out of this and be a happy rider and not be going through the motions of, you know, not being dreading out there. You know, it's not necessarily fun up being out there in a mud race, but you got to go out and make the most of it and, and enjoy it as much as you can. And that's all the mental prep and you know i do a lot of it at home too where you know put myself in a situation and you know when i'm out there practicing i'm not always riding with a bunch of people like most of i would say probably 50 percent of the year i'm riding solo and so i am through you know going through the motions of you know learning learning technique and working on technique and being uh, you know, strict on my technique where I'm not, you know, getting, getting lazy, you know, in the turns and sitting a lot. And, you know, I try to be like up on the pegs coming in and then like slowly, you know, go to seated and, you know, in the middle of the turn. And, you know, it's, it's like a couple of those things where you can be out there by yourself and get, get very lost very quick where you can forget about all your technique and just go sloppy and, uh, that's, that's one of the things like during race racing, you can, you can fall into, uh, old habits very quickly, you know, when you go to a race pace, because you're going out there as fast as you can and you forget about your technique a little bit. And that's one of the things where like, I'm able to, I feel like I can reenact like going from practicing to racing like pretty easily, but you still have the extra stress at the races and you want to push even harder. Do you think that that maybe the mental preparation keeps you in the calmer zone, which makes it, even though it's race pace, it's still 
a higher pace than than the the rest of the guys can can, can keep compete yeah can compete with. Oh yeah, I mean, you got to go the <laughs> you got to go to the line just feeling that you're the you're the fastest guy out there, and you know qualifying like qualifying can be like a a big you know it can be a nail in the coffin to some people, but it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean everything to me where like, let's say if I'm fastest and qualifying, I'm like, huh, I feel like I'm going to have a pretty good day, but there can be times where I'm, I'm off a second and some people can be defeated just by seeing that. But I know that, that I can go and try to be better, be cleaner on my lines and be stronger on the gate. And, you know, I don't let that defeat me. Okay, let, let me ask you a question, and you can re-divert if you don't want to answer this one. I know that in some forms of racing, uh, they use a device that tracks their practice laps. Do you use any electronics like that to help you monitor your corner speed and maybe your your sections of, of areas that you want to work on? Um, I would say about probably about three years ago, I did use, start to use like I can't remember what they're called, but uh, but yes, I used I used to have one of those, and like they're a great tool. The only thing that I found like whenever I wore it, I always wanted to burn like a very similar line where if I'm out there practicing and I'm looking, you know. Let's say a rare occurrence. I have somebody pitboarding for me. Like I try to ride as many lines in the track when I'm when I'm motoring and practicing as I can because that way that you know I get in a situation and let's say one line's better than the other, but uh, I'm trying to pass a guy. I got to learn how to ride that not so good line fast. So that's like that's what I try to focus on when I'm practicing and not so much on just trying to be the fastest lap every single time, but learn how to be diverse on the track and be able to ride the slow line fast as well. I, I get a golden opportunity to work with multi-level riders, you know, and, and different riders. Always, it's generally always somebody different. And one of the things I like to teach is I don't want you to take the same line over and over again. When you run this lap, I want different. I want you to take a different line in that turn every time. And there's three to four lines through that turn. So let's, uh, you know, I walk out there with them and dissect the turn with them, you know, and I'm not going to pick it for you. But I, I do not want you to take the same line around the whole track every time. I want it different every time. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a firm believer of that, Leonard. And, like, I had a funny, fun one the other day. Uh, Max was here at my, my, my place practicing with me, and, like, we got a couple sections that are just, like, they're beat. And he's taking, like, this really, like, uncharacteristic, like, tight line down this turn. It's smooth. But, like, I'm, like, sweeping it and going through the rough stuff and carrying my momentum through the turn. And he's like, man, like, why are you out there in that rough stuff? Like, I'm like, because I want to get better. And if I'm going down this smooth line on the inside, 
it's not beating me up. It's not giving me like the, the training that I need. And I'm, I'm going through the rough stuff. I, I, I'm here to get better. I'm not necessarily here to put in the fastest lap time, but I want to be fast in that rough stuff. And he's like, man, I never thought of that. <laughs> so like, you know, just obviously he's still learning a lot of things and, you know, I have a, another turn on my track where like the inside line is actually like, I never, I never use it because how smooth it is. And I'll just sweep around this outside where it's just like, it looks like a mobile section going through this long sweeping turn. And he asked me the same thing. He's like, man, like I, he's like, I maybe hit that line, like maybe two times, you know, out of like 14, 15. And I'm like, I hit that line a lot because it it'll make me make a mistake through it like if i'm not perfect through it it'll kick me around and i know like my body position isn't in the right position my gear gear is in the right gear you know it's like it's challenging so like and i burn the inside line like maybe two times you know throughout a moto where he's only hitting the, the rough stuff two times out of the moto so it's like I, I want to challenge myself and, and be better in those rough, tough conditions where I know we're going to have to deal with that at the races. Exactly. I don't, uh, why are we out practicing your training, your physical body for that environment? And when you're racing, the lines aren't predictable when you have to come through the pack. What if you got to come from second to last to the front? The, the the slower guys are not going to give you that line to to pass them. No, absolutely not. And you know that's it's just like how you how you preach your you know your your day. And you know I just I go out there to try and I set my my uh, my goal for the day, and you know that's that's what I go for. You know, and I always try to get better every day, no matter. If it's on speed or or technique or line choice or anything, you know, it's just I try to strive to be better every single time I test the track. And you know, there are some days where you can take a step back and have problems, but man, like you try to eliminate eliminate those days by riding within your within your goal, your boundaries, and your ability. Do you still think that practice on the quad is the most important? versus uh, some of the other forms of training? I, I honestly, yes, I do. Where there's no substitution for riding, but there is a way to be better on the machine where your, your cardiovascular is very good because you work that so much. And then you got to have your gym work as well, where you got to be you know strong enough to maneuver this machine where it needs to go. and it's not going to go where you point it all the time. Sometimes you move it there. So um, I really feel like you got to have a combination of, you know, the gym work, the cardio, the the riding. But, you know, there are times where you need to take a break from riding as well. Because you're getting into a burnout situation. So it's it's just like it's a balance that I've been able to balance that very well throughout the years of you know just learning to listen to my body and listen to mentally you know what what state i'm in and it, it's um it's just one of those things that you you learn throughout the years 
and I'm still getting better at it every single time where I'm not, let's say a day on the machine, like there's a big difference between a day of doing, you know, three 20 minute plus motos and doing a warm up. And then there are days where you go out and you work on starts and you work on sections where your stress level is a lot lower than, than that a heavy day of just going into straight up, uh, you know, uh, mode of just getting better endurance. Like there are days where you got to have a, a fine balance of that, where you can, um, not getting, not doing the same thing every day. Like you just can't do that. Right. Right. Um, I get it. What well, you mentioned the gym, I know that you're not too much into weights because you don't want to gain bulk. What can you do in the gym that you couldn't do? Uh, maybe I'm speaking out of turn, you know, like if you have a garage set up where you're doing mostly body workout, uh, abs, body weight, you know, cause when we do a, uh, when we do a, a body weight exercise, I hate them because they're harder than using, you know, you want me to carry that hundred pound ball hundred yards? No problem. But you want me to hold my own body weight for two minutes? Really? That, that hurts. Well, I mean, like take a look at, you know, the machine, you're not, it's not like you're moving off the machine. So everything's like within your means, like let's say something as easy as doing like wall sits, push ups, or, you know, planks, anything like that. Like you're gaining strength, but you're not gaining the, the bulk muscle and that's all you're doing is holding your body weight and you're you're flexing and you're moving just a little bit and like for me like i i don't do like a ton of heavy weights but i try to i try to have like like lighter weighted stuff where i'm trying to like let's say i'm putting on my gear you know i have 20 pounds of gear on you know i got i want to try and i want to try and double that so i'm trying to to put like 40 pounds of gear on me and I do these workouts and stuff like that. So it's like, uh, doing some things as simple as that. It's not, there's no like uh, golden rule to like what you can do, but like building your strength and your, you know, your, your lean body, your lean mass that you can bring to, you know, eight to the racing platform is going to be something great where like you get too bulked, like you get like almost like a pump situation. And, you know, I said, you got it. You want to try and have a good balance of like a little bit of body weight training in there as well. Like I don't do a ton of it. I try to incorporate like, man, I'm lucky if I get three days a weekend at times during the season. So I do a lot of it more now than the off season and try to, uh, build my strength for the next year that's awesome so we've talked a lot about things that i'm not sure that that some of the fan base want to hear about but uh you get the phone call from gary denton what do you say <laughs> man uh you just praise of what what kind of you know what kind of rider that he is and was and um, be honored, you know, to be, to be, to be talking to uh, the best there is and best there was. And like, he, he messaged me 
social media yesterday, I believe, just congratulating me on you know, the accomplishment and, you know, like I'm a fan of his and, you know, I, it's very, very uh, humbling to, to get those words from him. But, you know, I mean, the trophy that we get at the end of the year is named after him and it's, it's very awesome that, you know, Gary got inducted into the AMA Hall of Fame and like that's, we've been needing that for a long time for ATV racing and it's very grateful that, you know, he got inducted into that because it just shows that we're, we're, we're the real, you know, we're the real deal, you know, like it's, it's very cool that, um, that that was able to happen. Well, I've been very blessed to work with some professional motorcycle racers that have transitioned into professional quad racing, not in motocross, but in off-road and desert. And every one of them has told me it's harder to ride a quad at the pro level than it is a motorcycle. Physically, it's harder because it works a totally different muscle base and emotionally and mentally because you have to almost be perfect because if you get out of your line on an ATV, you break something, you damage a tire, you damage an axle, you, you can throw yourself on the ground solely because you're not hitting your marks. Where a motorcycle, hey, I got a six-inch patch and I can hit that six to eight-inch patch every lap and I don't have to be perfect. Mm, yeah, it's definitely uh, two different disciplines, but like, let's say, for instance, I try to, like, after the season, done, I try to jump on my dirt bike and just go ride it because it's a breath of fresh air and um, it's very different. Straight line, it's very similar, but you get into the turns, it's a totally different ball game. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's, it's just fun to uh, cross train on it and, you know, have some fun with some other friends that you don't get to ride with as much. So, you know, it's a, it's um, a lot of respect between, uh, like, you get a lot of respect between, like, the pro-level dirt bike riders and pro-level quad riders there. They both know that it takes uh, a top-level athlete to to be at the top of their game on either discipline. I agree. I mean, I think what those guys do nowadays is just insane. Um, but it's the same with watching you and Joel. You guys are on a whole other playing field. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from, you know, Restrelli or Ford or Lindquist. These guys, you know, Hoke, all of them are fast. I'm not taking anything away from them, but you, watching you and Joel, it's um, two different orchestras playing to two different rhythms doing the exact same thing. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, you couldn't put two different riders in like the same track and pull the same lap times off and have to two totally different looking styles. And that's pretty cool because, you know, um, watching like my style, it's very calculated. And then you have Joel where he seems like he's on the edge of his seat every single time he's pushing the gas. And I feel like, you know, for him, he looks faster, you know, obviously watching him ride, he looks faster, but like the way that I ride is just very calculated, very, 
I'm not burning extra energy. I'm just, I'm riding the thing around the track. You know, it's, um, I used to be that way, very aggressive on the machine. I broke a lot of stuff. So I calmed down and rode more efficient. What do you think if you stepped back and you had a different situation, what would you whisper in Joel, Joel's ear for advice for the future? Oh, man. Just you can avoid the question if you want. Yeah, no, 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 it's good because, you know, he had a moment at Redbud where I could tell that he was, he was deflated and, you know, I, I, we, I, I spoke to him, like, leaving the podium, like, dude, like, like, man, like, just remember you're a bad dude on, on one of these things and, you know, I don't want to kick a guy when they're down because, you know, he's, he's giving everything he got that he has and I've been there a lot where he just straight up beat me and, I'm like, I don't know what else I can do. Like, I can't, I can't beat this guy right now. And I've been in those situations, and I'm like, just just whispered something to him. Like, hey, man, like, don't forget you're a bad dude. And no matter, you know, what happens, you know, you just keep, keep pushing forward. And, like, with him, for longevity, like, to just be smoother on the machine and like he doesn't crash a lot but he does have the occasional crashes you know a couple a year and like riding thinking more throughout the moto and just being more calculated and hitting lines like cleaner where like you don't like let's say a fan sitting in the in the crowd doesn't go like whoa like more often like give him a have them sit on their seat a little bit more in the crowd where they don't have those, those, uh, scary moments. Like when they're teaching you how to drive and they say, if you're, if you're panicking, yeah. holding onto the steering wheel and hitting the brakes real hard, that's not how you're supposed to do it. Yeah, exactly. And you know, maybe he feels like he's in control a lot, but like, I just watched like the video recap from the last round. And I was like, I gave like a lot of like oh whoa whoa like whoa moments watching some of his some of his riding and it's like he's riding right on that that edge and you know that's that's what uh, that's what you do when you're going for it and you know you can tell that he's putting all the effort in that he has. That's 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 pretty good good advice. I'm going to ask you to do one more uh, advice for the younger pros. Uh, maybe even some of the younger amateurs. Um, what do you tell them to do to get to your level? And um, man, you got to have uh, very good support, and you gain that by you know being very personable to people at the track and not being afraid to say hello and introducing yourself to the right people, and then also you got to truly love it and work hard at it and you know when you get beat down kicked on and like if you want it bad enough you get, get yourself back up like um when i was you know writing i was writing something the other day and i was talking about how like you know 2011 i was i was so close to being on my way to my first championship and i broke my back that year and 
um, I never had a doubt in my mind that I wasn't going to come back and, and try again. And, you know, some, a lot of people like, like, let's say if I had a situation like that where, you know, I broke my back, I had, you know, a sever in my spinal cord. So like I was so close to being, you know, uh, being in Jeremiah Jones situation and to know that I wanted to get back up, get back on the machine and try and win. I just, just the mental like strength that it, that comes with it and the love for the, for the racing. And that's, that's just what I, I live by. And, you know, I, I, let's say like, if I get beaten a championship, it drives me more the next year than winning it. You know, it's, it's just something about like losing, you know, I hate losing more than I love winning type situation. And that drives me to be a better rider every time. Well, I can tell you how I feel about it when it comes to winning. I expect it. When I roll one of my bikes to the starting line, I expect it to win. When we don't win, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and I, I mean, I try not to hold it to the rider and, and be like, hey, you know, why didn't you win? You, you know, because I make mistakes too. Um, and it, it, I, I despise not winning. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, my, my dad says, hey, we didn't go there for second place. Yeah, no, it's it's a very true thing where you get a taste of that and you you have some success. You expect yourself to be there every single time, and you know, like leaving this last round, like I still feel like I wanted to win that last race, but also I wanted to win the championship. So I, you know, I, it's a double-edged sword where you you know you're so so happy that you won the championship, but you're you live by your last result. And my last result was a second place. So I'm like, man, I want to get back out there, work hard this off season and continue to bring it. So how much time off are you going to take before you jump back into it? Um, I have some testing that I want to do before, you know, before too long, because I want to make sure that I'm still fresh in the machine and my, my ride and strength is there before I do all this testing. So, um, I'll probably get into that next week and then um, I'll probably have a couple weeks of testing and then I'll try to like back it down where I am just kind of uh, riding for fun with friends and, you know, doing all that. I never quite get until around like, I don't know, late November or something like that where I take about a month off and then I get into, uh, we head down to Florida and we really start hitting it then. Well, that's that's pretty awesome, Chad Weenan, Congratulations, you're an eight-time national champion. I know that just by the look on your face, you still don't believe it, but you are. Um, you've just put yourself in the history books as probably one of the greatest of all time, uh, and it is an honor for me to sit and talk with you. Uh, no, I never thought I would be on this side of it. Uh, being a, a so-called media guy, I don't see myself as that. But um, thank you for spending some time with ATV Talk, and uh, it's an honor and a pleasure. And congratulations! Um, been a fan for a long time. 
and I expect I expect more. Well, thank you, Leonard. You know, it's uh, it's great to be on the show and talk with you, and you know, uh, really just kind of reminisce of uh, you know the, what happened this season. And yeah, I mean, I really don't know if they quite settle in because you always you always hungry for more, but. Um, and I really try and sit down and really enjoy this one and uh, take it all in because, you know, I know uh, I never would have thought that we'd be able to go this far and uh, get, get eight championships. And it's a, it's a true blessing and uh, very humbling as well. Yeah, I can, I can totally see that. The blessing is, is pretty amazing and humbling. Um, yeah, but you still are eight time. And um <laughs> I, I don't think you'll ever get tired of saying that until you get to say nine times. <laughs> well, hopefully we can uh, continue our success and uh, our health at the top notch level and um, enjoy this with our family. And, you know, it's, uh, it's great to have you. Not a problem. And again, anybody that's a Joel Hetrick fan, uh, because I'm a fan of ATV racing, please don't think I'm slighting the kid in any way. He's a, he's dynamite. He's fast, um, and he's going to give Chad all he's worth. But uh, right now, we got to take our hats off for the man that's that's wearing the the king's crown, and that's Chad Ween. And um, good luck next year, sir. I'm sure that we will talk uh, at some point either at the beginning of the year or getting ready to, to, to start the year to uh, see how you're feeling and, and, and how your prep went. That's still That'd be great. You know, it would be even cooler if you can uh, line up, you know, talk with Gary about his, about his uh, eight times and, you know, get us both in the same one. That'd be really cool, wouldn't it? Well, I didn't think about that, but yes, I will work on that and I will try to get, get you some information and get him some information. Um, he's pretty elusive. I've yeah. been beating up on him for like seven months. <laughs> so, uh, let's try and, uh, let's try to do one where I'm rolling down the floor or something. We can, uh, bring it back around. I, I'd, I'd love to let, uh, let me work on that and I'll reach out to you. And, uh, again, congratulations. And, and thanks for spending some time with ATV talk. Yes, sir. Thank you, Leonard. Take care. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. 
see you next time.